0: Can I invite you to continue those conversations at the end? Um, at the end, there'll be tea and coffee up in the balcony, so um, you can keep going then. Um, but, so I'd just like to introduce you to Steve. Um, Steve is a member of our church family, and he's going to be speaking to us um, this morning from Sam 116. Yeah. So let That's me it. just pray for you. Thank you. Father, thank you for Steve. Um, Thank you for what you've prepared to to say through him. Um, Thank you that you're here in this place, that your spirit is at work. Um, I pray that you would give us hearts that are receptive to what you have to say, that you would give us the courage to engage with what you're saying to us and what you're calling us to, and that you would give Steve um, courage and peace as he speaks to us. Thank you, Father.
1: Wow. Thanks, Sam. Great. Lovely to be here this morning. Uh, it's a beautiful day and uh, lovely smiley faces uh, smiling out at me. So thank you for that. Um, so we're going to be looking at um, Psalm 16. As Sam was saying, this is part of our Summer Through the Psalms series. And what I'm going to be doing is picking up on a lot of the issues that Sam was talking about last week. We're focusing in on this psalm, which is really about suffering and difficulties and um, one of the, uh, one author, one key commentator thought this, this may well be a psalm of Hezekiah when he was, when he was uh, a king and he was brought uh, to, to great illness and he thought his time was up and he turned his face to the wall and he prayed and God granted him new life. Other commentators, and perhaps more, think it's more likely to be from David. But it's, uh, and David does, of course, many of the psalms. But it's not a, not a psalm that, um, that speaks to a specific instance about suffering and trouble and difficulty, but it's more of a reflective psalm, where David is looking back on his life and thinking about all those times where God was really faithful in really difficult circumstances. And so we're going to be looking at it in that reflective way about uh, what, what can God teach us about uh, getting through, preparing for, getting through and emerging out of those difficult times. Uh, And it's also a psalm that speaks to me, personally, having, I I think probably in my own life, having had a couple of times where I've been through the sheep dip, uh, if we want to use that that phrase, or if you want to use the valley of the shadow of death, if you want to, if that's more in in keeping with you. But it felt like a a sheep dip where you're very much, you're you're kind of confined, you keep trying to keep your head above water, uh, or above the gunk, whatever it is you're swimming through, and it's not much fun. And I think particularly in my late 30s, I kind of uh, had a period of time uh, with God where I dried up like a prune, uh, I have to say. Uh, and I was very dry, and I really couldn't relate to God. And it was really difficult, and I had to really struggle through that time. And, and only through the love of, of family uh, and friends and God did I emerge from that again. But it was a very difficult period. And then more recently, when my father died, when the church I was leading disintegrated, when we had lots of, there were lots of family issues going on. That was perhaps more, a couple of years ago when I went through that. That was also a really trying and difficult period to go through. Uh, and we all will face that. If you haven't faced it, brilliant. But you probably will. Uh, most of us have to. We kind of have to wrestle with that and deal with it because it's not a <laughs> straightforward thing to get through that well. So we'll be looking at how what David, uh, advice David gives us towards how do we emerge from that well, which I think is a really important point that we... And really rest him. Okay, so next slide, please. Thank you. So we're going to read Psalm 116 now. But there are a couple of key verses I want to just bring out for you now, because they relate to the key take-home messages. Uh, and uh, uh, Owen is very keen on having key take-home messages. Now, I always think that's a little bit like finding out who the murderer is in, a, in an Agatha Christie novel. You know, like, uh, you turn to the last page. Okay, what's the key message? But, but no, that I can see the teaching purpose of this. So I'm going to give you a couple of key things now to look for and to percolate, to, to sort of have a... Um, it's the sort of teabag principle of learning where you just let something dunk into your brain and stew there. Okay, so the first thing uh, from verse 4, then I called on the name of the Lord, Lord save me. That is the number one take-home message from today. If you are going through the sheep dip, call... On the call on the Lord, call on Jesus. That is the number one take home message, and we'll talk about this just now. Secondly, uh, verse 12 What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? If the devil has got his claws into you, if that is your season, it will pass. God will deliver you. You will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You will see that. So what is your attitude going to be, and what are your habits and your lifestyle going to be when you emerge from that difficulty? So that's the question. So the first point is cry out to the Lord. The second thing is, where, where will I be when I come out of this? Where will I be? And you surely will. You will surely come out of this. Okay, so we'll read Psalm 116 now. Uh, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul. For the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted in the Lord when I said, I'm greatly afflicted. In my my alarm I said, everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious, in the sight of the Lord, is the death of his faithful servants. Truly, I am your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. There it is again, call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Great. Okay, next slide. Please, thank you. Thanks, Michael. Okay, so the number one message is the number one message from this sermon is Cry out to Jesus. Amen. Well done. (laughs) Cry out to Jesus. That if you're in a pickle, that is the number one answer. But it's easy to say that and it's difficult to do it. And we need to recognise why is it difficult to do it? Because when you're feeling really down and rubbish, you tend to your head droops. You literally, your head droops. Your eyes are immediately are, are, are off Jesus. I mean, your head droops down. And, and you're conscious of all the internal emotions and all the battles and doubts that are going on on the inside and all the pain. So that's a focus for you. At the same time, you're facing out against all these, these enemy circumstances and hordes that you see out there. And your brain is very selective, it's only focusing in on those ones that are causing you grief and problems, not on the other good stuff because that's not the mode that you're in. So you're looking out on all those difficult circumstances and all those challenges, and you're focusing on that, and you're focusing on your bad internals, and then you're focusing on that, and then there's this, there's this spiral that develops, this negative spiral of focusing on the rubbish, not the good things, and focusing on the pain. And what we need to do in that time, so we don't get run off by, we don't get run away by our emotions, is to remember remember who God is, remember who we are, identity squared. God is a loving, beautiful, good Father who delights over us, who delights in us, who sings over us, who watches over our coming and going, whose thoughts are, so, uh, are infinite concerning us, and he's with us. He's with us in suffering. Jesus on the cross is a God who knows about suffering, and he identifies with us, and we are his precious children. We are his precious, beautiful, created children, and he is with us. So the n- most natural thing for us to do is to cry out to him. And if you look through scripture, time after time after time after time, the answer is out. <laughs> the Israelites in Egypt, undergoing slavery, uh, they cried out to the Lord. In Exodus 2, God sends them Moses, a deliverer. The two are quite clearly linked. In Psalm 107, you see four cases, four case studies of people in suffering. The interesting thing about that case study, uh, those four case studies, is on two, uh, on two, two of those case studies, it's their own fault. And two of those case studies, it's not their own fault. And the answer is, cry out to the Lord. Whether it's your fault or it isn't, God is gracious and compassionate. Slow to anger. He will help you. And as you see in Psalm 107, dig into it by all means. The answer is, cry out to the Lord, and the Lord delivers, d- delivers them. Go into the New Testament. Wonderful story of Bartimaeus in Luke 10. And he's, he's there, and it says... Um, Jesus and his disciples went to Jericho. As they were leaving, they were followed by a large crowd. A blind beggar of the name of Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When he heard that it was Jesus from Nazareth, he shouted, Jesus, son of God, have pity on me. Many people told the man to stop, but he shouted even louder. Son of man, have pity on me. And Jesus calls it, hit, hit him over. Fascinating. Bartimaeus desperate. He shouts. People tell him to shut up. Don't let anyone tell you to not call on God, that you're not good enough, that he won't hear you, that it's not worth anything. Don't let anyone tell you that. Shout even louder. And the interesting thing about the actual word used for Bartimaeus crying out is "krazo," And that literally is a raven's piercing cry. It's beautiful. So it doesn't have to be pretty, it doesn't have to be melodious, it can be heartfelt because the spirit helps us even groan to God and just to bring the truths of our spirits to God's ears and you can do that, even croaking, groaning, shouting, whatever. So to reinforce that we're going to play a little game now, there are three pictures up here and we're going to play odd one out. Okay, three pictures. The first picture is a frog at the top. Okay. The second picture is a famous sports stadium. And the third picture is historic England World Cup penalty takers. (laughs) And so the question is, which is the odd one out? Any thoughts? The England players, because... Sorry, I can't hear Very good. The England players are the odd ones out because they're chokers, and the others are croakers. Okay? So, it's terrible. Now, it doesn't deserve a clap, that one. It's awful. So, don't be a choker, be a croaker. Okay. Right, next slide, please. I'm going to move on quickly from that one, I think. Uh, okay. Okay, so, but the challenge is when, the challenge is, when you cry out to the Lord... Okay, you've cried out to the Lord and you feel marginally better because you've just cried out to the Lord. But actually, you're still feeling pretty, and your circumstances haven't changed appreciably as far as you can see it. And that's the real challenge. And that's why it says here, in Psalm 116, it says, return to rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. So even when you've cried out, things haven't changed, but God has heard you. It's interesting. He it says here, um, it says here that God turns His ear because He turned His ear to me, because He bent His ear to me. Wonderful image of God is all ears. He, he's listening. He's listening. He heard you. It's a wonderful image there, I think. And and so the, the, the thing that we have to realise is that you have been heard. You have been heard. And one of the interesting things that I used to have when I, growing up, I used to live in a, in a in a very old house, and it was very long and sprawling. This house, it was hundreds of years old, and it's sprawling and uh, and and everything. And it's quite a long way from one end of the house to the other end of the house. And in the kitchen, they used to have, there was a big sort of box on the wall, and and there was a, a, a list of the names of the different rooms: dining room, bedroom one, you know, whatever it is, uh, sitting room. And, and there was, the, the box was up there, and there was a little bit of rag that used to wobble like that. And when you were in a, in a certain room, if you press the bell, you're in the dining room, okay, the dining room thing would wobble in the kitchen. Okay, so it's too far to call people. So, so if someone wanted help, they'd press the button, okay, everyone would run down to the kitchen. Which room is it in? Which room? Oh, yeah, wobble, 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 right, and they'd all trot off down there. Okay, so the bell was heard immediately, but the help wasn't there immediately. But it took a while for you to get down to the kitchen, and work like, okay, which, which one is it? Now, of course, this all got very confusing, and then we started to do a sort of von Trapp uh, family thing, where we had the number of bells indicated which member of the family was to run down to the kitchen and see where they, they had to get It all got very confusing anyway. The number of bells for different circumstances. But anyway, the point is, the bell is heard immediately. In heaven, you cry out, it's heard. The help isn't always instantaneous. In fact, it rarely is instantaneous. And there's biblical, there seems to be this biblical precedent for that. And if we look at the book of Daniel, Daniel's been praying for 21 days, and he gets to encounter an angel. And, uh, And the angel says, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. So you are heard, but sometimes things can move a little slowly. And it's interesting, Jesus himself seems to operate a little bit on that principle. Seems to be, he sometimes hurries a bit slowly. So when Lazarus is very seriously ill, he doesn't doesn't immediately run off and sort Lazarus out. He kind of delays. He does a few things, does a few other miracles. And then Lazarus dies, and and everyone's like, in bits, where were you? And then Jesus comes along, and he raises Lazarus to to life, and and he's done it to demonstrate God's glory. So occasionally we are called, in our trouble, to hang on in there, so that when God brings the delivery, it can only have been God. It's just so amazing what he's just done. It can only be him, and no one else can claim any credit. So, but we have to hang on to that. When we put the prayers up, we're not seeing an immediate response. We need to know and have faith in what Scripture teaches us, in what the kingdom of God is like, and how our good, good Father is, is, is on our case, that our delivery will come, that there is a tension there. Okay, so we have to kind of wrestle for that peace, wrestle, and remembering who we are, remembering who God is, and claiming that peace for ourselves, getting that connection with God, that we have been heard, and help is on the way. Critical issue. Okay, next slide, please. Okay, this is a picture of me uh, watching the World Cup. <laughs> OK, the facial, prof- the facial hair profile doesn't quite match here. Although, um, yeah, there's uh, maybe the, the, the physique. I don't know whether that's similar. Anyway, we'll not we'll comment on that. We'll pass swiftly on, on from, that, from that point. But if we don't find rest, if we don't manage to get... The, and, and sometimes, look, it's fine. You know, if you're in a difficult place, you know, you've got a process... it's awful I mean I remember actually one Sunday uh, coming in here sitting at the back seeing the worship and just sitting there, I couldn't actually worship I was that disappointed in God I couldn't open my mouth and I remember at the end of the service I came up and I just cried I cried my eyes out and that's okay That's good. That's worship in in, a sense. Because God is with us, and he understands. And it's okay for us to kind of struggle through some of this stuff. But here's where the issue comes. Sometimes, if we're not careful, some of the attitudes that pervade, when we're in the difficult place, can then spill over when we get better when the circumstances have changed. I have noted in myself, even though I have emerged from quite a difficult time, I'm, I, I'm a bit more cynical than I was. I'm overreacting to small stuff. I'm thinking, okay, I, I'm, I'm sort of my language isn't, isn't what it should be. You know, a bit more, kind of, a bit salty, shall we say. Not good. I think, okay, well, what, what, how did that, so I've let something creep in there. I've let something creep in, and yet, it's better that I'm better that you know I'm not in the same situation. But I kind of let my heart attitude dip a little. So we have to be a little bit careful that we try and emerge well from this. That we don't let the hangover of the dark times influence now that we're in the good times or we're getting into the better times. And um, it says here in let's uh, find the scripture Hebrews twelve fifteen. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And there's almost like this idea that if, if we let our hearts get bitter, then, then we, we start to impact everything around us. Uh, and, and, and the word for, for defile here is, is, like, is, is drawn from the root, root mia, which means tainted at the source. And the idea is that it's almost like um, everything that passes through that is, is tainted, it gets polluted, it's stained. So it's almost like a river. If you have the head of the river polluted, everything that flows from it gets polluted too. If you have that bitter root, everything that grows up gets, isn't as fresh. So we have to kind of do a bit of spiritu- a spiritual check on ourselves. As we emerge, okay, in the dark times, that was pretty di- difficult to do that, but as we emerge, we need to check ourselves. Oh, Lord, show me, show, me, show me any ways that, that, that are not good. Show me any, any habits I've picked up that shouldn't be there because I don't want to be held back. I don't want that dark time to be persisting with me. And so, you know, so again, when you look at Psalm 16, the emphasis is even when I have been delivered to keep on crying out to the Lord, to fulfil my vows in the public presence. In other words, to, to be obedient to God, to meet together, to share, to encourage, to seek God's rest, to seek God's presence, to be willing to sacrifice things to God, to give him what we have. All those good habits, we might have started to pull back on them because maybe we haven't been trusting God so much. But David says, no, God is with you. God is is for you. Let us keep trusting in that. Let us keep trusting in he is good. And let our attitudes and our practices reflect that. Okay, and last slide, please. And the interesting thing, and, and it's very difficult for me to get away from Isaiah 61, uh, in, in this, wonderful, you know, this wonderful family together because it's just so much part of who St. Catherine's is. And you know, when we had the wonderful Legacy Weekend, wasn't it brilliant to see all those Isaiah 61 scriptures all across the church? It was fantastic. It was so encouraging. But one of the, the, the essence of Isaiah 61 is it speaks to people who are going through a really hard time. It speaks to those who are suffering. It speaks to the poor, the broken-hearted, the captives, the prisoners, those who mourn and those who grieve. It speaks to us. But it doesn't leave us there. What Isaiah 61 says is that we will be met with the goodness of God and the goodness of God will be more than sufficient. So we will hear the good news we will, we will be healed, we will be freed, we will be released. We will have a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oiling of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. That is God's promise to us. Why does he do that? Because he's so good and kind and loving. But the other thing is that he wants us to fulfil what he's called us to do. He wants us to walk into our inheritance. And once we receive this from God, we become oaks of righteousness. We become a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. We get transformed as his kingdom meets us. And even more than that, we then get to transform others. It says here. It's what it says. I'm not making it up. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities. That's us. We will do that. Out of the depths of our suffering, God can bring the goodness and the materials in us out and reform our characters and anoint us and appoint us to go and build hospitals in India, to go and change the world, whatever that looks like. And he does that. But he does it with people who are in chains and in suffering and grieving and mourning. That's, and, and that's what God does. That's his kingdom. So I want you to be encouraged today. If you are going through horrible times, God is with you for you. Cry out to him. Cry out to him. If you don't believe you have this potential... Just hold on. Hold fast. Because God has called us all, spoken time after time, year after year, over us about what he wants us to be. And he will do it because he's faithful and loving to all the promises he has made. And then finally, also, just to think a little bit about, have I taken up habits that I shouldn't? Are there things doing that I've let seep in because of the hurts and the, and, the, and, and the harms done to me. And some of it's my fault, some of it may not be my fault at all. And you know what? There's plenty of grace for everyone here to receive his healing, his forgiveness, his refreshment, his empowerment so that we can be all that he wants us to be. He, we can be all that he has promised to make us. So I'm probably going to stop there. Shall we? Do you want to? Yeah. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are really good. Thank you that you are with us in our suffering. Thank you that you have a plan ahead of us. And you declare over us, comfort, comfort my people. All your hard service is paid for. Jesus, I just pray today You just speak into our hearts, you bring liberation, you bring freedom, you bring a change of perspective, and you bring renewed hope and vigour and strength that can only come from you, so that we can see, we can remember that we can see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. Okay. Um,
0: And just as, I guess, we want to ourselves some space, <laughs> uh, some space just to respond um, and allow God to speak. The God who restores, who renews, who rebuilds, um, the Lord who is gracious and righteous, who is full of compassion, who protects and who lifts us up when we're brought low. Um, and so just as as we do that, can I ask the band to come up? And um, I just want to give us some time to, to reflect and allow the Holy Spirit to, to be at work um, and to speak to us and to uh, to bring restoration and to bring renewal. So can I maybe ask you to stand? Um, and just as we, as we respond to, to what Steve said, I think all of us um, have been in those places at, at various times and, and points um, and I would just invite you to, let's as the band plays, um, to put out your hands um, and to invite the Holy Spirit to come and to do what He does best, the Comforter. Um, and for those of us who are who are in those places where um, where we need to call out, where we need the courage to to admit and to say, God, actually, I can't do this. Um, I need you, um, I would invite you to. I'm going to ask the Prime Minister team to come up and I would invite you to come um, and come and, and allow someone to stand with you and, and pray with you um, and so often when we're in that place it's, it's difficult and, and we need the courage to, to cry out and to step up um, and so I would invite you to do that and invite you to, to experience the community um, that God offers us So that's yeah let's sing